Hello, Terribles. If you have been around for the past couple years, you know that Terrible Thanks for Asking Premium, TTFA Premium, is our paid subscription platform where we post ad-free content, bonus episodes, etc., etc. It's a way to support our independent production. Being an independent production means that there is not a big company behind us. It means that we are supported by the ads that we can drum up. Thank you to our sponsors. And we are also uh, supported by our listeners, supported by you. I never want to you know, pressure anybody into literally anything. I'm the world's worst salesperson. You listening to this show supports it. You sharing it with somebody supports it. You rating and reviewing supports it. But if you want to offer any financial support to our show, we welcome you. We welcome you to do that. There is a link in our show notes and you can always go to ttfa.org slash premium uh, to sign up. This episode that you are about to hear aired just for our premium subscribers. It's basically a sample of what else you can get if you sign up for TTFA premium. So here you go. Hello, everybody. It is Nora McNerney. You are listening to TTFA Premium. Someday I'll be able to say TTFA Premium a little clearer, but I am on the second to last set of my Invisalign. I could take it out to record, but as you know, I am trying to get results. I am valuing my money. We are keeping the Invisalign in while I record. My job is obviously audio. My job is also writing. My job is mostly, could allow me to be mostly invisible. And yet, I am a person out in the world. I am a woman who was raised in the 90s, the 2000s, a woman who came of age during what I believe is probably the tackiest era of, of American culture. I grew up being inundated with very, very specific senses of what it means to be beautiful. And even though I was raised by parents who wanted me to not be affected by that kind of thing, I wasn't allowed to have Barbies because that might give me a bad body image. I was not allowed to do dance because that also might make me have a bad body image. I got one anyway. (laughs) I got one anyway. The world came for me anyways, and I am also a person who is, I believe, middle-aged. This is very controversial because I think we think of middle age as a bad thing, right? Like that is when you have your midlife crisis. That's when you're no longer desirable. Um, I'm 39. In a lot of ways, I think I've really never looked better. And also in, in some ways, I can look back at old pictures of myself and think, oh my God, you were so pretty. Why did you hate yourself so much? And also, why am I attaching my value to the way that I look? This is a tangled web that was woven long before I became a little fly caught in the trap. But here I am also weaving it myself. I am 39 years old. I am excited to be 39 years old. My first husband died at age 35. I always feel like I'm living on borrowed time. My dad died when he was 64. I could be more than halfway done with my life. So when I say that I'm middle-aged, I say, congratulations to me. I have 
not blonde hair, but I've been dyeing my hair blonde for so long that I believe this to be in my heart of hearts, my natural color. And there is, you know, there are these highlights around my face that are not highlights. They are gray hair and I leave them there. I leave them there because I am so proud of them. I am so excited about them. I cannot wait to be a silver fox. And also, also every three to four to six months when I have the money, when they text me and remind me, I go and I get a muscle paralyzer, a toxin injected into parts of my face. Nobody's forehead is this naturally smooth. And in fact, mine is too smooth. I got a little too shot up and I can't raise my eyebrows at all. Like my eyeballs got to do a lot of the expression for me because the skin around my face is not moving. And I have um, a sense of, I think a little bit of shame about embodying that dichotomy of wanting to say, no, no, it's a great thing to get older, but like, do I have to look like it? Do I have to look like it? It is so complicated and there is plenty that goes unspoken in our society about what we value in women. But if you are a woman, the message is pretty clear. Our culture does expect perfect beauty that is also, by the way, completely natural. One of the big trends in beauty over the past few years has been no makeup, makeup. So put in the effort, but don't look like it. The kind of, uh, I don't get Botox, I get Dysport because what is it supposed to be? More natural looking. So you are expected to have this level of beauty, but also to make it look effortless. And this is such an impossibility. I mean, very few of us even fit the mold that is predetermined for us, a mold, which by the way, I mentioned a beauty trend, uh, it changes all the time and is especially brutal for women who are not thin, for women who are not white, and many, many women like myself end up undertaking all of these additional and sort of costly expenses around self-maintenance or self-improvement meant to fix something. I started highlighting my hair in sixth grade. I've been thinking a lot about this. I wrote about it in my book, Bad Vibes Only, but I've also been talking with so many people that I love and admire about this. How and why do I value beauty in my life? How do I think of youth and aging? How has that changed as I've gotten older? What about my mom? What about my daughter? And why should I just sit and think about this myself when I have so many friends who are so much smarter than me, who are also thinking about these things? And in the case of my friend Dessa, who is a singer and rapper from Minneapolis, writing about them, researching them, Dessa has a podcast called Deeply Human with the BBC that explores why humans are the way we are emotionally and mentally through a lens that combines scientific research and personal experience, which makes sense because Dessa is so smart. <laughs> She's just so smart about so much. She has so much wisdom to offer us in this conversation. She's so thoughtful and intelligent as the two of us sit and pick apart how we think about beauty. So here is Dessa and me talking about exactly that. And dare I say, the conversation was beautiful. So I've got strong feelings, some of which I acknowledge are either A, unresolved, or B, probably in direct conflict with one another. Big mess of feels. Um, but I do feel like the way that we're socialized early 
does emphasize the importance of beauty for girls. Even just like the little things that you would say, um, you know, when you approach a kid in Australia, like, oh, look at how strong he is. Look at those legs, right? Oh my God, look at her face. She's perfect. She's so beautiful. You know, right away, it's like we receive some messages about like what constitutes human value or at least like what attracts praise, you know? And I think, I think for women unequally, that is beauty. Yeah. Cause also it's like, you are naturally beautiful. You're naturally beautiful. And depending on the light or like the standard, like I can be, but I'm also like sort of outside certain norms. Like I'm like two inches too tall, you know, like to yeah. be, like, no, to be totally frank, like, I feel like I have taken some really beautiful pictures, like without, without swoopy eyeliner, which I put on right before this call or without a little bit of blush, which is like my two things. It is a really different presentation. I'll just say that. Like, you know, like I dated a guy, so we had a lot of trust. You know, he's a good friend. He's not being mean, but he's a photographer and he took a lot of my album covers and he was like, you know, it really is striking how mannish you look. I'm very aware of my angles. That's part of my job. Like Mm. I'm in a field I wish was only audio and is very often visual as well. And like, yeah, I would just say that with a little bit of makeup, I clean up really nice, but I'm also like on the regular, very busted, you know, and, and yeah. So I would say, I would say that I kind of maneuver to those, to those worlds. Like I can take a pretty picture, but it's not like Emily Scott Texler was to me like the natural beauty that I met at 13, you know, and she has this skin that was just like milky and glowing from within and naturally upturned feline eyes and, and corkscrew hair. I mean, I think we've all known people like that and maybe they all have complicated beliefs about themselves too. But like, like my mother was very, very beautiful when I was a girl in a way that like, because the world noticed it so much, I also noticed it, you know, not the people would look at her, but the way that people would talk to her. I mean, when I first started crushing on boys and she would visit my school, the way that they would talk about her, like everybody was hot for mom, which is not cool. Adam Waits. Um, but yeah, I, I think I was probably aware of it. You're right. Even before I can pinpoint beauty was important. For me, it's always felt like to be taken seriously, I can't be too concerned with that. And yet also taking care of how I look or presenting myself a certain way, I do think has contributed to parts of my success, like like making myself attractive, making myself palatable. And that also pushes against the parts of me that are like, oh, like, you know, not just body positivity, body neutrality. I don't have body neutrality. I don't have body positivity. I've got like body like, oh, fuck, really? And I've got that. I've got that for beauty too. And This whole conversation was inspired by me texting you and I texted you. I've been having a midlife crisis for the past eight years. I think this is just the last half for me. (laughs) It's just going to be flailing. But I do things to like maintain my face, right? And I try to be as honest about this as possible publicly without also like, I don't also want to make people feel like they need to do this. But whenever people compliment my skin, I say the secret is money because it is because I get crazy lasers to like zap away, like, you know, any imperfections. And then I get Botox in my forehead and below my nose that my nose doesn't like hang down because my nose is so long. Um, And I got, this is a new line that I just crossed. I got filler. I got filler in my cheeks. I got a little bit in my chin. And you know what happened when I got it in my chin? Uh, It pressed against my facial nerve and my face went numb and I had paralysis from 
the left corner of my mouth down to like the middle of my chin. Couldn't feel anything. It would bite <gasps> my lip constantly. Oh, Did I look good? Yeah, but I could barely talk. Okay. And I'm in a, I'm in a job where I have to talk and hopefully not be like gushing blood out of my mouth without realizing that, you know, my canine tooth has like punctured my lip. <laughs> I looked so good. And I have this like constant pull between like, oh, this shouldn't matter. And also it does matter deeply to me. Like whenever I say like, oh, I'm middle-aged, people are like, no, you're not. Talk to me when you're 50. But like the process of aging for me as a woman has been very jarring, has been extremely, like, I still think that I am a 21 year old. I still think that I'm like a 27 year old. Like those are like the two ages that like stick in my head. And like, that's what I expect to see when I look in the mirror. And yet it's not, and it never will be again. So it's very strange to me because also my husband is aging like Paul Rudd. Okay. He is, he just looks like a cute boy dressed as a yeah. man. I found it really, yeah, I find aging really sad and I'm sad about the sadness because it puts pressure on things that I really wish I didn't care about. And I mean, I think you're right about this idea of like natural beauty. Like you're supposed to, you know, you try super hard to create the effect that you didn't try at all. And there is a penalty socially to be paid for like not being beautiful. And there's also a penalty to be paid for being vain. And so you've got to secretly be vain and publicly be beautiful and then act like, you know, it just happened by accident. Yeah. You know, in grade school, your or even high school, your math teacher is like, show your work. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and, and the opposite is true for women. We're like, don't show your work. When you talk about like, the conversations that happen with us or without us, like which conversations we're involved in. I mean, I feel like part of the poison that's involved in beauty culture is the idea that it's not just important for a woman particularly to be beautiful, to attract a mate, which is like, we could kind of understand how that might be part of it, right? Okay. Well, that's a relationship that focuses on sexual attraction. Okay, sure. Physical appearance is going to be really important for that bit, but it's like, Beauty is a prerequisite for relevance culturally, like to be involved in any conversation, you know, in a public facing way, or at least where people are going to see you. And that's insane. That is an insane thing. You know, that's like, hey, before I hire you to do my taxes, I just want to make sure that like you can high jump, right? Like that has nothing to do with anything. And it's such a bummer. Like, God, I just, I, I hate it so much. And I, I hate it because because knowing better doesn't make me feel better. Just because I recognize it doesn't mean I'm living outside of it. And I'm mad at beauty culture and I'm mad at me. All right, everybody, that was a preview of an episode that is on TTFA Premium. Uh, you can subscribe for a couple bucks a month, support our show, get some extra stuff like ad-free episodes and regular bonus content. Uh, if you are able and willing to do that, you can go over to ttfa.org slash premium. That's ttfa.org slash premium. Uh, but I appreciate you either way. Okay, bye.